Welcome to the OA Light a Candle meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 80, 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Danielle. I'm Danielle, compulsive eater and bulimic. Um, thank you so much for asking me to be of service. Um, it's an honor to be here and um, be able to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, I just celebrated uh, abstinence from no binging, no purging for 15 years. And um, it's... Uh, and it's um, you know, working these steps and being um, a part of not of everyone else. And um, for me, this is a disease of isolation. And that's where I go when I'm not looking to my higher power uh, for guidance. And when I, you know, what, what it was like... Um, when I was in about junior high, it started, oh, and I also want to say, take what you like and leave the rest. That is what kept me coming back in the beginning, because I didn't have to, you know, believe or, like, believe everything that somebody said, or it was just their experience, strength, and hope, and I like to say that because it really helped me in the beginning. Um, and so, to my story about being young and being in a household of a family that was, um, pretty like that feeling of um, I'm not safe and I don't know what's going to happen next here. Are they going to be in a good mood or a bad mood? What's, you know, how am I going to be punished and um, for doing something that I didn't know I did? Um, and what, what would happen is that we would sit down for dinner and my mom is an amazing cook and we'd sit down and and that would be the point where we started hearing everything about what we did wrong, what was, you know, and then the TV would be on sometimes, and it was just so much noise and so much of getting in trouble, and it was all around the dinner table. And I just started having this association. For me, I just remember starting to feel ill as the dinner each night as it went on. And there was just one night that I remember I just decided, like, I pushed my chair out from the table, and I said, and I just knew I had to like get rid of the food. Like there was something about that, and I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I had to get rid of it. And I went in my room, and I laid out some towels, and I started vomiting until I got rid of everything I could throw up. Till I saw green, till I saw bile, and I it felt better. You know, for me it was about like oh, I feel better again. Like I felt like I got. Now I can interpret it as, like, getting my control back. Like, that's what it felt like to me. And then it, um, I liked that feeling of after vomiting. Um, and I also liked the feeling of, like, eating whatever I wanted and vomiting. And I never put it together as something about weight or, um, you know, being thinner or being overweight. It was all about the getting as much as I could, and then getting rid of it when I wanted to. And and at the same time, you know, I was experiencing things where 
you know, my mom would do things like there would be something emotional happening with me and I'd want to talk to her and she would like lock herself in her room or she'd leave the house and drive away for hours and I didn't know where she was and I had a little brother and sister and I felt like, oh my God, now I'm in charge. Like I did, you know, my dad would be away or he'd be working and it was, felt really unsafe to me. And so that was the feeling I had most of the time. And so what can I do to make myself feel safe, you know, like not realizing that I'm a little girl and not being able to have any other tools to use other than this, you know, coming home from school, eating as many frozen hostess pies as I could, putting like six in the microwave, eating them all, and then um, eating dinner and then vomiting after. I started doing my own laundry. They thought I was so responsible, you know? So, and it was just about the, you know, getting rid of the towels that had, like, so much vomit in them. And then, also, I would throw up in the shower, and um, that way I could hide it better. And it continued and continued, and I was depressed. You know, I had two suicide attempts while I was in high school. I cut myself all the time, I um, quite often, and um, I started trying to find, like, something outside of myself um, to help me. You know, it was always like, oh, am I, if I have that boyfriend, then things will be better. Or if I get that thing, or if I, like, become a cheerleader, or whatever it was at the time, you know, um, if I get into college. And that was my real goal. It's like, I just got to get out of high school. I got to get into college. I got to accomplish my goals, and then I'll be out of this family, you know, and I'll have control over my life, and everything will be fine. And so I just became really focused. I was a great student, and um, I was vomiting, and I was binging and purging all the way through high school. And there was something that, like, protected me a little bit during that time is that I watched, like, a after-school special about a bulimic, and, and I had no idea, like, what that was and eating disorder, but I just remember that I had to that somebody told me I should watch it, and and I just, I learned to, like, wash my mouth out after I, after I vomited to protect my teeth, like, you know, that was, that was it, and um, I was like, okay, so that's what I have to do, because there was nothing else that I was going to hurt myself over, it was just being concerned about my teeth, you know, um, and after you know, high school, college, and the binging and purging continued, I tried other things, you know, that, you know, I just kept going back to, like, brownies and cookies, and that was the answer for me to feel good. You know, it was such a soothing, like, sigh of relief to eat it, and then, and then again to throw it up. Like, I needed those two together. Um, what happened is that I accomplished all my goals, I um, was, you know, doing as well as I wanted to be, and it seemed like everything was that idea of it all on paper looking good, looking like what it should. Um, why am I unhappy, you know? And, and you have so much to be thankful for, I would always hear. And I'd be like, yeah, I realized that, but there was still, like, this disconnect. Like, I didn't feel it. Like, I didn't feel happy. And I had outside help, which is part of my story, and part of how I got here, and um, 
But first, I had I got married. I had two kids, and on my daughter's um, first birthday, I was serving cake and eating it at the same time. And like the everybody else was sitting in the other room, so I'd like cut a slice and give it to someone. They'd go, and then I would like just dig my fingers in and just like eat it, you know, like just shoving it in my mouth. Um, looking it off my fingers and then cutting another slice, and I just kind of got this picture like of myself doing this, and thought this isn't right, you know, like this isn't right. It, it just it did, it wasn't soothing me anymore. And then um, I was going for a walk with my kids, and we were walking up and down this main street. I was living out of the country at the at the time, and there was um, this food store with this thing that I really wanted to eat, and I got some, and I ate them all, and then I kept going that week, and I gained 10 pounds in one week, and I was like, whoa, I said, hmm, I wonder, should I start vomiting again? You know, like, it was just, like, there's this part of me that's, like, super professional and knowledgeable and all that, and it did not matter. It did not matter at all, like, what I knew about food and the body and health, it was just this other part of me that had to try and control and soothe myself and control and be in that cycle. And um, I had these two kids. I felt like, how can I be their mother? I feel bad for them. I felt really, really sad that I was their mother. And <laughs> it was heartbreaking. I like so emotional. I wanted to, like, give them away. I wanted to give them away to another family that would be better and wouldn't fuck them up, you know? Like, oh, excuse me. I wanted to give them away to another family that would be more loving, be more understanding, had the ability to take care of them and show them love. And I, at the time, was having some phone calls with my outside help, and that's where I received the suggestion, you know, um, you should really consider going to these meetings. And I said, I know, I know you've said that, but, like, really, what am I going to learn there? Like, what is it going to be? Like, I already know everything. <laughs> and that's another thing about this program that I love, too, that I can let go from, like, crying and being emotional and then to totally, like, laughing at the what it, what it was like, you know? And oh, it's just such, such a gift. Um, and... I said, okay, well, and then I talked to her again, and I said, well, you know how I told you I used to do this thing, like, vomiting a lot, you know, and that I wasn't doing it that often anymore? She said, yeah. And she said, you have to go to those meetings. And I said, okay. And then I'll think about it. And then I said, no, I'm not going to go. And then I ate a pan of brownies, and they, like, disappeared, you know? Like, they disappeared. It was like I ate air. Like, I was like, what just happened? It was so like crazy to me like I started like having these uh, these moments where like I woke up you know like I noticed what was happening and and then I said okay maybe I'll go to a meeting but I didn't take any steps to do that and then I um was signing my kids up for a uh like a community program like a mommy and me program and I was looking through the catalog and at the back of the catalog was really this, like, little tiny one-liner, 4OA, call this number. And <laughs> I was like, what? And I said, no, like, there were pages in this catalog. It was so thick. And I was, like, looking through it. And then I see that. I was, it was 
it like blew my mind. And those kind of things in life, I actually like, you know, like when things work out in a way that's like, oh, that's so wild, you know. And so I said, okay, it was like this idea, fine, 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 <laughs> I'll do it. And I, um, I called, and then I didn't get a call back. And I called again, I didn't call back, and I was like. Gosh darn it. <laughs> I like, how dare they not call me back, you know? <laughs> and it was like this opposite effect. It was so, you know, it's just that disease that I have. And then I eventually did get a call, and um, she told me where the meeting was, and I went to my first meeting, and I heard them say, like, welcome to OA, welcome home. And I, like, burst into tears. I felt like I wasn't alone. I couldn't believe that I wasn't alone anymore. I couldn't believe that there were so many people who had, like, these thoughts. Like, and not just the thoughts about food, just the crazy thoughts about life. Like, just that constant chatter that I had in my head about, you know, everything. Like, I mean, not even just, like, what am I going to wear, but it's like, should I, you know, go to, should I go to my front door, like, from this direction or this direction, you know? Like, should I... (laughs) It's like all those things, like, is the, you know, it's just trying to work out, like, what is the perfect way to do everything in my life so that I'll get the best results I can. And it was so exhausting. And it's like no wonder that all meeting all my goals didn't matter. And, um, you know, the having kids didn't feel good, you know, and once I started going and and being married didn't feel good. I was like, I was so full of rage too, you know, and I was such, I didn't realize at the time, but just living in such a place of being a victim, like there was at no point did I feel like I grew up, you know, like it was always about, I'm like this because of what they did to me. And that's just the way it is. This is what you get. I'm going to throw a lamp if I get pissed. And I did. Like I was, I like punched my hand through windows. I like, I mean, just, I have scars, you know, like it was, I was so angry about everything. Anytime somebody did something that it, it like would magnify and feel like abandonment to me. And no matter who it was, I had no idea that this is something that I can do about it myself, you know, and that's where the outside help started helping me, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't until I got to these meetings that I realized I had, that there was something else I could do. There were steps I could take. There was, you know, this idea of all these tools, you know, these nine tools. Then it was eight, I remember, but it was, um, you know, everybody kept telling me at this meeting, oh, get a sponsor. I'm like, what's that, you know? So I just asked somebody, would you be my sponsor? And she said yes, and then she told me how we were going to look at the steps, and I said, the steps of what? You know, (laughs) it was like I knew, I didn't know anything about AA or OA or any of these 12-step programs. And so she... She advised me, you know, what to do, and we talked about it, and then I would read and underline and write about what stood out to me and what it meant to me, and after I was done with my first step, I was like, okay, so we're going to touch. She's like, no, I don't really think you're in touch with your, like, powerlessness, you know? Like, I don't think you need to do step one again. I was, like, mortified. I could not believe, like, I'm a good student, you know? Like, you, this is this is crazy. I have to do this again, you know? And it was so perfect and what I needed (laughs) because it's exactly, you know, just thinking that I didn't need to do it again is my, you know, my thinking I have the power. Um, And um, one of the other things she had me do is start reading the stories in the big book. 
And as I read those stories, I started relating more and more to, you know, thinking of this as food. And I like, felt like these are stories from people from years and years ago. And I'm not alone. For me, it was all about, like, finding the support and the connection with others. Um, and I kept working the steps. I lived, I was living out of the country and working the program and then moved back here and started program. I wasn't abstinent yet when I moved back, but when I started program back here, I was certainly ready to find out what was wrong with the program here. You know, like how it was going to be done differently and the clapping. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it was so, like, interesting, and I was so annoyed. And then um, I was at a meeting once, and um, people were just as, like, loving and nice, though, so I kept coming back. And I... Uh, somebody came up to me and said, so, like, you're not fat. She's like, and she said, so what are you, bulimic? And I hadn't identified as a bulimic yet. Like, I thought, no, that was just, I was just vomiting because I was full, you know? <laughs> and, um, and she said that to me, and I was so not offended. I just looked at her, and I just remember going, oh, my, in my head, oh, my God, she's so right. Like, she, I totally am. <laughs> it was so, so, like, that moment of truth, for God stepping in and um, showing me. Like, and that was, the like, the first step to actually becoming abstinent, to being, I remember having a calendar and crossing off one day at a time. Like, okay, you know, and no binging, no purging, no binging, no purging, just one day at a time. And um, living in that, that one day at a time in that moment, um, when I do it, it, it's so, so helpful. Like, I don't get ahead of myself, and I don't shame myself about the past. I just stay in that day of, like, what's my next right action? And uh, when I started hearing about God and higher power and all that and getting um, steps two and three, I was really, really nervous because part of my upbringing was a really punitive religious background. And, like, everything was about um, not going to hell, you know. And um, um, anytime I did something nice, it was really just for that, what my friends and I would call fire insurance. And we... Um, <laughs> And we were um, just like we do things just so that, yeah, we try and protect ourselves for the the future, you know, post-mortem. And I, I didn't want to think that I, this was going to have to be a God thing, you know. I really didn't want to think about that at all. And then I ha got a sponsor here. And I emphasize sponsorship because there was a time in program where I didn't have a sponsor for a little while, and it wasn't good. <laughs> so I got a sponsor, um, and she said, oh, but your higher power doesn't have to be God. Your higher power can be anything that's, like, bigger than yourself. Your higher power can be anything or anybody, you know, whatever you want to be your higher power. It'll still work. I was like, Sure. Right? I did not believe that at all. I really didn't. I thought that was another challenge, you know. And um, 
I so at that time, like part of my story is having like superhero higher powers. But the first one was actually Peter Pan. And okay, so I this guy's gonna let me be a kid because I never got to be a kid. I always had to be a grown up. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it works. And then somebody else said, "Act as if it will work." And I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> <laughs> there was so like really anytime somebody told me something, there was always the resistance. Like so. So, and I like to say that because I know some of us all can experience resistance. And so even though the resistance is there, I learned that I don't have to want to do something. I just have to do it. And, and it takes the story out of it, you know. And I have lots of stories about why I'm not supposed to be doing things or why I shouldn't do this or do this. Or, or actually a story about doing something that probably isn't good for me, you know. Um, and... This higher power, I prayed and acted as if, and I acted as if um, I didn't have to weigh myself 14 times a day, you know, because that's what I would, you know, before the shower, after the shower, before the bathroom, after the bathroom, like just constantly. And also the, the checking of reflections. And I'd like to say like mirror checking, but it wasn't just mirrors. It was, you know, rain puddles. It was buildings. It was like anything, you know, and... I, you know, there's still some times where, like, I'll catch that iPhone glimpse or whatever, and I'm like, oh, you know, but I also know, oh, you know, like, there's there's more to life. Like, it's like I just stop, like, now and say, okay, and bring my higher power into situations that that make me uncomfortable or make me agonize or whatever, and um, that acting as if was the savior, and then um, also when somebody told me to read the story of unacceptance, um, I thought, oh my God, how did this person know? <laughs> how did this person know that that's like what I have a problem with, you know? And the idea of also my magic magnifying mind, I have that part in the big book right here. Um, I must keep my magic and magnifying mind on my acceptance and off my expectations, for my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I remember this, I can see I've never had it so good. Thank God for AA. And that really, um, it sticks with me. You know, um, not all the time, but I know it's there. And what, and what, I heard by, like, picking up the tools. What I recently was hearing a lot was that, you know, um, the only tools that aren't working for me are the ones I'm not using. And that keeps coming back. When I'm, like, in my funk, (laughs) which, you know, like I was yesterday, uh, (laughs) um, I can... I can look at what what I can do next. You know, it may not happen right away, but I can get there sooner now than I used to. You know, before it used to be I'd have to do a whole series of like binging, purging, and um, cutting. And then you know, um, there was one time when my mom cut herself off from me. Like she just locked herself in a room for hours all night, and I like drank bleach to get her out of the room. You know, it's something that I haven't shared a lot in program, but that, that was the, that's where I was. Like, that's where I would go. Like, and then, you know, the suicides and all that, and then, you know, having kids and feeling like I, I can't be their mother. Like, those were all felt like, like slow 
but for sure death to me. And, um, you know, getting a sponsor, um, working the steps, the literature, um, being a sponsor. Um, I like the action plan, too. You know, like, what's my next right action? What, what's the plan for today? Um, and, you know, the telephone, making the outreach calls, um, receiving the outreach calls. Gosh, I don't like talking on the telephone. Like, I don't like it. I didn't like it when I was a kid. I don't like to, I don't like to make calls about anything, you know. And, <laughs> like, texting and um, email is, like, so much better for me. <laughs> but um, my sponsor tells me still to call. And so I try and take that direction more and more. You know, and it's not 100%, but I get more willingness when I, when I ask for the willingness. And, and I don't wait till it feels good anymore because it, like, usually doesn't feel good to me. It's just how it is, you know. And then being an acceptance of that just stops all the discussion in my head about it. You know, like, yeah, this doesn't feel good. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I, like, I have to go somewhere after this. Like, I don't want to go, you know. <laughs> But I'm going, like, and I'm showing up with the, I'm showing up the way that um, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to bring something, you know, and um, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to, I'm also going to bookend by either outreach call or saying a prayer before and after events is also something else that really helps me. And I encourage to my sponsees to do that because I can get very worked up about something ahead of time. Um, and then when I say, oh, I'm going to call somebody and then call them after, like, it just, again, it, like, just takes the anxiety out of things. And that's what a lot of my disease is, too, you know, like that anxiety, the fear, the fear of, you know, not getting what I want, the fear of losing what I have, like, that that can come to the surface sometimes. And when I use the tools, then that dissipates. And when I use the tools of this program and keep my commitments and have commitments and do service, um, then what happens is that I have more of these moments where I feel serenity. I have more of these moments that, and I heard somebody you know, talk about this, like they, like more of the good moments string together. And then the other stuff, you know, life is just like those normal ups and downs. It's not always a drama. It's not always a tragedy. It's just part of life. You know, it's not somebody trying to get me. It's, um, it's, uh, it's not my higher power not being there for me. It's really my higher power guiding me through what life is. And, uh, you know, the gift of this program was, you know, I remember only in this program, after I started doing the work, like, remembering my son's smile for the first time, like, having that moment where I remember his first smile. I had, like, I don't have a lot of memories before this program. It was all clouded with fear and food. And, And now, like, I can... Like, they're both 18 and 16 now. Like, this program made me a mom that doesn't shut myself in my room, you know? This program broke the cycle of the violence that I experienced. Um, 
and I'm so in in so much gratitude for that. And when I have uncomfortable feelings, like I don't just want to eat right away, you know? Sometimes it's there, like sometimes, ooh, that sounds good. Like sometimes I'll text my friend donuts, you know? <laughs> but but that's it, you know? It's like it doesn't mean that I have to get them just because I think about them. And that feels like freedom to me. You know, there's also that story about um, women who suffer in the, one of the stories of the big book. And and she's like, I'm an intellectual, you know, and talks about that and that um, she's not going to do religion. And this isn't, I agree with, like, this, does, this doesn't feel like religion. It feels like freedom. And that's what I never had before this program. And I'm so grateful for all of you here. And welcome to the newcomers and happy birthday to the birthday people. And um, thank you so much for letting me be of service. I wanted to stop a little early because for questions, right? Okay. So, yeah. Hi, uh, a Hoover restrictor, compulsive reader. Hi. Well, I'm curious about, um, you know, I'm new to the program. I have 16 days today of absence. And, um, um, like with your children, um, how, like, do you have a conversation with them about being an OA? And if you do, how does that usually look? So um, the question is, do I have a conversation with my children about being an OA, about being in this program? Um, when they were younger, um, what because they knew I, uh, the meetings that I went to where I started program there were only meetings at night and um, so I would have to leave in the evening and they didn't like that and because they were she turned one and he was four and or you know, three and a half and I would say well I have to go to these meetings these help me be a nice mommy and so they called them nice mommy meetings forever <laughs> <laughs> So, and I love that because when I said that, like, that means I have to go to this meeting, you know, because that's what I'm going to lose. If I don't go to the meetings, I'm going to lose the being a nice mommy. Um, and then as they got older and, you know, and me having, like, the hyper focus on their food or what's going on with their food, um, I talked to my sponsor a lot about that, like, just about letting them have their own higher power and not bringing attention to what they're eating and what they're you know, not eating. And um, and I let their doctor tell them, you have to eat one green thing a day. You know, like, I just stay out of it. Like, um, but, but now they both know that I'm in program. And the way the conversation started was usually, you know, and, and continues. It's not like just one conversation. It's um, little conversation bites here and there. It was... It was them kind of talking about... My son actually had a friend in middle school who was hospitalized for anorexia. And so he wanted to know why his friend wasn't eating, you know? And he... So we talked about that. And and we talked about how it's, you know, it's not something that he has control over. It's just something that that's how it works, that his... He, it, he gets the message not to eat. and um, And then... That conversation started, and then they know I'm going to these meetings, and they wanted to know more and more what they're about. So talking with them, 
about me having uh, an eating disorder and what that was about for me. And the conversation is that, yes, that's something that I experienced too. You know, I have times where I would eat and throw up what I ate. And it's now that's why I go to these meetings to get help with that. But also these, and also I tell them about what else the meetings do for me. You know, and that, and remind them about the nice mommy meetings because they kind of forgot about that for a while. And remind them of that and about how it's like tools for living, you know, and that some people do this more naturally than others and that this program helps me to be more conscious of using those tools. Does that answer your question enough? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. In the back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, like, do you ever get moments like where, or like, you know, a span of time where you don't feel God, like you don't see God, and you don't know if it's really there? Like, Yeah. The, the question is, do I ever get moments where I don't feel God, don't feel connected to God, and... Um, spans of time like that? That's such a great question for me because, yeah, I, I mean, after I went through all these superheroes that were, like, awesome and I didn't, like, feel connected to anything anymore, you know? Like, I, I didn't know what higher power to have. And I felt really, really sad and I felt like I was experiencing a loss of, like, what my higher power should be, you know? And, um, and... I mean, like, Spider-Man was so awesome for me, you know? And then it just didn't feel like Spider-Man anymore. And this is where sponsorship is so great, you know? It's like, because I can get the direction from a sponsor to say, you know, your higher power, once again, can be anything you want your higher power to be, even if you don't want your higher power to be anything. And I felt really disconnected, but by going to the meetings and still continuing to do step work and starting over on the step work, you know, and sometimes she would take me through steps one, two, and three over again. You know, we both heard it at a meeting once, and she said, I think we should do that. And I was like, yeah, I want to do one, two, and three. You know, we kind of do these things that keep me connected, that there's something greater than myself, even if it's I'm not feeling connected to a particular higher power in that moment. And I learned that, like, that's okay. Like, I can still act as if there's a power greater than myself that can work. And acting as if has been really key for me in this program. And, um, and for a long time, for, like, about two years, it was the group. It was, like, when I went to a meeting, it was all of you were, like, my higher power. You, just all that love and connection together. Does that help? Oh, yeah. yeah, is that... Thanks for the question about um, the 15 years of abstinence that I have. Was it just like overnight? Was I struck abstinent or did it happen more gradually? Yeah, painfully gradually. It happened for me. It was um, months of binging and holding on to the food. And that whole idea of like being willing to gain weight and program was so annoying to me. It was really like, what? That's like ridiculous. And then my um, sponsor said, well, you know, write a want ad for your higher power and, and write whatever you want your higher power to be. And I, and part of what I wanted my higher power to be for me at the time was a higher power that didn't want me to gain weight. You know, like, I just wrote that, and I acted as if, like, that was possible. And um, 
you know, it helped me not vomit. It helped me hold on to the food and helped me let go of all the noise of like, if I gain weight, I'm like less worthy or I'm less of a person or I, I don't deserve my space in the world if I gain weight, you know? Um, and it was, and that was part of like the, the marking off each day on the calendar, you know, one day at a time, holding on to the food. So thanks for letting me be so. Excited.